on this episode of Why Watch That. No one in their right mind would say that. It was a line to tell the audience what was happening, but we knew what we, he was doing. We didn't even need him to say that. Everybody knew where he was going. Anyway. Oh, no. Oh, no. But Frankie Faison can act. Okay, let's just, we all know this. Of course, he's a Faison. Yeah. <laughs> the man knows what he's doing. Did you find out? That was not the yeah, person I, you were talking about. Already. No, it was not. And I said, I said, I'm probably wrong. And I was completely, you know what? I was thinking about Clifton Powell and Dr. Oh. Davis. I was like, he never plays that character, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't see everything like he did. This is what I'm talking about in writing. When they write what they would say, not what I need to know. You can show me what I need to know. We Look, 80% of communication is nonverbal. Don't mm-hmm. write it. Get out of the way. If you've got a talent, you better bring that talent. That's all I'm saying. You can do something. Do it. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Listeners, mm-mm-mm. what mm. a weekend we had. And yeah. by we, I mean the critic. <laughs> I am so, I'm so ecstatic to be back in the game, critic, with these film festivals. It's mm. just nice to be back. And, and can I say, look, let me tell you, you know, I'm an introvert. I like the online. <laughs> I like it. You know what? Whatever. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I'm not an introvert. I am sometimes, no, I'm mainly an introvert, but I need the, I like audiences and I love to feel energy. And for you, this is absolutely the top way to watch some of these festival films. For me, it was good because, you know, you can rewind and forward. when You You don't have to stand in line. People aren't turned away. Look. Yes, there's something exclusive about it. But I'll tell you what, we're talking about the Urban World Film Festival that we um, alluded to earlier um, in um, a couple, you know, throughout our social media coverage, as well as the coverage that we initially did talking about what we're excited to talk about. And now we finally get to talk about it. Um, There were a number of talks a lot of people and actors and directors and people moderating came in and got involved with some of these movies that we were able to check out and for the most part every movie was available 
to peruse. It wasn't like it was meaning you could go forward or backwards. If you didn't catch something, you could hit rewind, which was some, which is something we're just completely not used to um, with film festivals. So that was also a nice feature. And then on top of that, you of course get the taste of urban world as we do every year. It is specifically focusing on BIPOC content. And I'm excited about that because they've always been really, really good to us. Why don't we talk about the things that we got to see as well as some of the things that you alluded to during our um, other episode when you were talking about, oh, I got to hear at least a little bit of this talk. Looking forward to this. Here's some shows that may be on TV, la, la, la. The first thing we're going to talk about is The Waterman. We talked about this in the earliest previous episode. It's David Oyelowo's directorial debut. Now, David Oyelowo, David Oyelowo, you know who David Oyelowo is. We talk about him quite frequently. This is the man who brought us <laughs> Queen of Katwe. I'm going to use that one. I'm going to plug it any way that I can. <laughs> but um, no, but David Oyelowo is directing it. This is by Emma Needle um, or Nadelle, whatever, how do you, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, the cast is pretty superior. We've got Rosario Dawson, Maria Bello, who she just delights me every time. I, I forget, you know, sometimes about Maria. Um, Alfred Molina, which they actually did that movie <laughs> together with, uh, remember that movie at Sundance um, when, you know, David's character, well, I can't give it away. So oh, he, oh, yeah, yeah. With, he has um, to, with yeah, Reed, that Bloom, Storm Reed. That Bloom House movie. Um, yes. The, the, it's, yeah. It's hard to, because it was called, re, not rewatch, it was called something. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. they changed the name. So I have a feeling David snagged him for this. Um, and you've got little Lonnie Chavis, who plays the younger Randall. Um, the mm. the young the little uh, the ten year old Randall because there is a, a three year old Randall but this is the the ten year old Randall on this is us as well as a number of other people in this you got a chance to see this and you've got some things to say well first of all we just want to say this was on Wednesday so this was yeah. one of the first things that you got to see that's right this was the opening film um, it was opening night. And it, it, I mentioned it earlier, Ref, when we talked about Urban World, this is really a, a family movie. Um, what it's about is uh, Lonnie plays a kid whose uh, mother is terminally ill. And his mother's played by Rosario Dawson. His father's played by David Oyelowo. Uh, now, he has a strained relationship with his father. Uh, they've moved to a new town. In this town, there is this legend, the Waterman. And the Waterman essentially has... Um, if not, if the Waterman isn't immortal, the Waterman has lived a long time. So to try to help his mother, he wants to seek out the Waterman. But is this safe? Because will the Waterman embrace you or will you be harmed if you find him? No one has found him. So he tries to seek him out. He meets uh, a, a young girl who seems to know about the Waterman. It seems to have met him, claims to have done so, charges people to uh, let them know what she knows. And that's played by Amia Miller. Uh, that, And this is where, of course, Alfred Molina's character comes in. He plays a pivotal role and so on. So the question is, can 
Lonnie's character find this water man and will that make a difference and how will that affect his family? And what I would say quickly about the water man is there was a writing problem. Oh um, no, oh no. There was a writing problem. I mean, it was there was one one moment and I, we will do longer reviews of these movies time to their releases. There was a moment, I won't give it away here with David Oyelowo and Alfred Molina. And he said a line where I was just like, no one in their right mind would say that. <laughs> it was a line <laughs> to tell the audience what was happening, but we knew what we, he was doing. We didn't even need him to say that. Everybody knew where he was going anyway. Oh no, oh no. But, but my my favorite moments were with Lonnie and his interior life because he's this artist. Like when, when the movie was in him, just him thinking and us seeing what he's thinking, I thought there was some magic to it. Uh, but I do think that if you have a family that this is safe viewing, it's not bad. It's just certainly not what it could have been because of the writing, not David's direction, the writing. Mm. Well, I can't wait to he- hear your flushed out uh, review of that. And the Waterman currently, do we know where it's, It's. do we have any indication where it's going to? I don't think it's got picked up yet, maybe? It hasn't been picked up. I'm sure it will be picked up. Uh, they did have a talk afterward, Raph, with David, with um, Rosario, Lonnie, and Amia, and Ava DuVernay uh, was the one who moderated it. So that was... Nice to see as well. I'm sure they will get picked up. The question is by whom yeah, and where. And this to me seems like a like a Disney Plus kind of thing. Uh, maybe Netflix oh. for families. It seems like a streaming option for families. I'm thinking one of those two maybe. Um, who, who knows? Maybe HBO Max will scoop it up. I was going to say HBO Max is really beefing things out. And so we'll, we'll hear probably something like that. We'll probably hear in the next two to three weeks, um, especially if it shows up at another festival this year. I know there's always AFI. (laughs) That's like everybody's, they're like, look, if we ain't got it by now, we're going to go to AFI. Um, Bad hair, which you did not get to see fully, but you were able to really get an immersed discussion of it. This is the movie that we talked about um, in the uh, in our um, other episode when we were talking about um, urban world. This is Justin Simeon who gave us Dear White People, the movie and the TV show. So you know both of those with a slew mm. of folks coming in and out. Um, L. Lorraine, who, you know, quite frankly, when I think of her, I, I don't know her as well. So mm-hmm. I know that she's, you know, in and out of the comedy world. Um, Jay Farrow, who's definitely in the comedy world, <laughs> is showing up. I mean, all kinds of people are showing up. Let me just list off just, just some people who are just showing up. Lena Waithe is in it. But Judith Scott shows up. Vanessa Williams is there. Kelly Rowland pops her head in, hair in. Usher's coming <laughs> around. Blair Underwood. What? How did you get? Deron Horton. Oh, my gosh. Just so Robin Feed is there. Laverne Cox. I mean, I could go on and on of the people who show up and Justin himself makes an appearance. So yes. you did tell us that this was a quirky... Um, can we say horror? I don't know what, yeah. what this yeah. is. 
That's but, exactly uh, it. Do mm-hmm. tell us what's going on here. Yeah, and it's set in the 80s. It, it is a horror satire uh, about bad hair. And, and look, we know, we mentioned it the last time, Ref, you know, black women and, and hair and just black people and what's good hair and what's bad hair. It, all, this is just, it's ripe for this kind of send up. Um, so the clips I saw were what you would expect if you hear this and you think, oh, it's Justin doing it, thinking of dear white people. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. And it's the 80s. Um, you know, in the talk they had, um, you could tell that they probably had a good time on set. The question is, will that show up when it's released on Hulu on October 23rd? Mm-hmm. Ooh, which is not that far away. So um Hulu just seems like a very interesting choice. This smells like Netflix to me because of his relationship with Netflix, with dear white people. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be on Hulu, which means that is a Disney property. Um, mm. So, or dist- they're at least distributing. So, huh, huh, huh. The next thing you got to see, <laughs> you know, I've got my side eye out. The next thing that you have going on, this was on Saturday. Um, you got a chance to sniff out, shall we say, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. This is that, um, well, we'll talk about the actors in just a second. This is directed by David Medell and also written by him. It is Frankie Faison, who plays the titular character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's showing up along with you know other people that you can go on about, but specifically I do want to highlight that Anika Nani Rose is, you know, going to be popping in. You'll see her. I hear her. (laughs) Oh, you, oh, you'll hear her. Okay. You'll hear her. Yeah. All right. Well, we will hear uh, what you have to say about it. (laughs) So this is uh, a true story. It's actually one I didn't know. Uh, uh, I think it was 2011, uh, Kenneth Chamberlain. um, He was just in his apartment in White Plains, New York. Um, he was asleep and he had like a life alert system by mistake in his sleep. He hit it, sent an alarm. Uh, the life alert company called, couldn't get him cause he was asleep. Thought of, you know, maybe something happened, called the cops to come check on him. That caused a problem. Oh no. Then, you know, he was awake and he was like, look, I'm fine. I don't want to open my door to you. You know, and this is, like you said, played by Frankie Faison. So this whole thing and the cops are escalating and escalating because he won't let them in. And, they, you know, they suspect everybody in this building of doing something illegal, that kind of thing. And they had a history of complaints. Um, So in the end, you know what happens to Mr. Chamberlain, unfortunately. Um, and, and that's what's going on. I believe Anika Nani Rose uh, was the person from the Life Alert company that you hear. You'll hear it. Oh, got it. And so there's a point when she's like, look, we canceled the call. He's fine. You can leave. They won't leave. So um, that's what happens in this movie. What I would say as a review is Frankie Faison can act. Okay, let's just, we all know this. Of course, he's a Faison. Yeah. <laughs> the man knows what he's doing. Um, so he kept me watching longer than I otherwise would have because it's very repetitive. It's over and over and over again, him going, go away. They're going, no, go away. No, it's like the whole movie. Now, this is what happened. And what I found, Ref, is at the end, they gave us some footage and sound of what actually happened. They have it. So you know that this is real. Wow. And that to me, they could have made a short just using that footage and that would have been more compelling. Interesting. Well, um, 
then you moved on to AMC. They kind of gave a packaged um, presentation of TV shows that are coming their way. It is definitely, you know, something that all of us can check out. So what what do we have there? Yeah. Well, what they were really doing, and it was real sneaky, was promoting AMC Plus. Oh. So a lot of all of these shows, I believe, will be there first. Um, and then you'll get it on AMC later. So there were three shows that they promoted. One was Gangs of London, which reminded me of uh, of the one with Killian Murphy that's on Netflix now. Oh, that's what um, I was thinking about. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Peaky Blinders. Uh, I was looking at that, going, okay, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so why was that at Urban World? Do they have bipolar? Well, they they do. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're they're different gangs, and some of them are people of color, um, because Chope Dirisu and Papa Isayadu were there at the talk at this talk. Oh, okay. Um, and and Chope is in a movie that Netflix will be releasing uh, not too far from now called His House um, that I saw, and I'll be reviewing. And and Papa was in um, the Michaela Cole show on HBO that just ended. So, okay, that was one thing. I was like, okay, we'll see what happens with that. And, of course, they showed a little clip of it. They also talked about Soulmates, which is, um, imagine this. Imagine that you could take a test and they'll match you with your soulmate. Would you do it? Mm. So that's where that's okay. where this comes in. Um, speaking of Peaky Blinders, Kingsley Benadir is in it. He is in Peaky Blinders as well, or was. Oh, so he interesting. Was yeah, he was there at the talk. <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> the talk. spoiler. <laughs> so I was like, that's an interesting idea. And um, they have, of course, other people that you would know if you saw the cast. And then they uh, previewed the upcoming spinoff of The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead World Beyond. Um, and Okay, another Walking Dead installment. This one, though, they don't go back to the beginning. It's kind of concurrent with the current Walking Dead, but in a different place. And it focuses on. Why two do we sis- need it? Like, oh. I, you know, okay. I, you know, because the Walking Dead makes money. That's why we need it. So that's why they're doing it. And by the way, guess who's in it? Mister Josh Who? from Younger. Josh from Younger is in it. Yes. So he's in oh, that. Oh, interesting. Event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's, oh, that's not, not a good sign. Well, <laughs> okay, but that's still not a good sign. I think Josh. Dang. I think we know though. We know what she does at the end of Younger. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so that's what they. Premiered. Anyway, let's moving on. Can we move on? Yes. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you had more Walking Dead jabs in you, because um, no. I was going to allow it. Uh, <laughs> moving on to. 40-year-old version. We have to say it like that, not virgin. Version. And, wow, two hours and nine minutes. Dear goodness. This is going to be on Netflix um, at the beginning of October, around the 9th. And this is coming to us from Radha Blank. She's in it. (laughs) She wrote it. (laughs) She directed it. And she's in it, along with some other... Folks that you may not know, I I know who Reed Bernie is. He's mm. actually in Home Before Dark. Um, that's on uh, Apple TV Plus, and Peter Kim actually. Um, I don't know a lot of others, but you will obviously highlight that because you got a chance to sniff around. 
Yeah, there was a talk uh, that was uh, moderated by Robert Townsend. Ooh, where's he been? Uh, Yeah, exactly. With Rada. So, you know, they were really talking about her process of making this because this is the first time that she'd ever directed anything. Uh, And, you know, how did this come to be? And then she she was talking about even how people were kind of like warning her because she wanted to film it in black and white. They were like, oh, that's difficult. Can you do that? And she was talking about, you know, uh, how she sourced her friends, how she used them not only to help her in the writing process, but also to be on camera. Uh, And she is a rapper. She wrote the rap. She said the good raps and the bad ones. She wrote them. Um, you know, she she found um, some up and coming rappers to help her with this. So it, it really was about the whole process of making it. And and from listening to her, I really do want to see this. I'm I'm very interested in in what it's going to be because she has a very distinct take. She's very smart about what she wants. She's very clear on her art. I mean, at, at one point she was even talking about how she loves uh, mockumentaries like the Christopher Guest films, and I was like, that's oh. what is. I was like, okay, let's watch forty year old version. So what is again, this about? It's mm-hmm. Well, it's it's about uh, a woman who's about to be forty, and she's waiting for okay. a breakthrough in New York City. So she decides to go from playwright to rapper. Okay, okay. That, <laughs> now that Rada herself kind of did this. So oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know what? It smells like that. Um, what is it, Miss Miss Jessie? Something. There was a. There was another. It was at Sundance. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I can't remember. Uh, I want to give it to the listeners because it was very similar. A playwright. Decide, okay, I'll think of it while you're talking and look it up somewhere. But Miss mm-hmm. Jessie's is also a hair products, so I don't know if that's right either. <laughs> Moving on to Charm City. Kings, which comes out around the same time on the 8th of October on HBO Max. And this is coming to us from the Smith family. Yes, Jada and Will, a roundabout way, we'll say that. Coming to us from there, this is um, something that was at, if I believe, Sundance. And I we obviously didn't get a chance to see it. It is, uh, well, Angel Manuel Soto is the director and the writers, I, I, just listen, Sherman Payne wrote the script. But guess who was involved in the story? Yes. Barry Jenkins! Yeah. And Kirk Sullivan and Christopher M. Boyd. So, mm, okay. Usually, here's the thing. When Barry writes something, he usually directs it. So I'm sure there's a story there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But he did not do the script. He did not write the teleplay. It's starring um, a bunch of wonderful, beautifully, lovely BIPOC folks who, you know, there you go with that. Uh, um, Tiana Paris, uh, Jaha, you know what? I'm going to mess up some of these names, so I'm not going to try and do some of that. You can go ahead and tell us what you thought about this. And woo, two hours? Hmm. Yes. What's going on here? Mm. So this is set in in Baltimore, um, and it's based on the documentary 12 O'Clock Boys. And uh, this is about, you know, dirt bike gangs. You know, what do you want to call oh, that? Okay. You know, groups. Y'all, you'll oh. watch it and figure out which one it is. 
And and twelve o'clock references when when they go on the bikes and they're on one wheel and all the way up like they're at twelve o'clock. That's what oh, that is. Oh, okay. So it, it follows a, a kid and he has two friends and he wants to be a, a, you know one of these dirt bike people. He wants his own. His brother uh, was in this in this group before, but his brother has died. Why? How oh. did that happen? Uh, now this this lead kid is played by Jahi Diallo Winston, um, and his mother is played by Tiana Paris. Now Will Catlett plays uh, a police officer who tries to take him under his wing, but how does that go? Right? Um, and uh, Will was in Love Is on OWN. He was uh, one of the leads in that show. Uh, so we also have Meek Mill in this playing another what? guy. Yes. Playing another guy who was in this group and is no longer, but he's adjacent. He has a record. He's on parole. He wants to be on the straight and narrow, it seems. What's the connection? So in the end, the question is, will Jahi's character uh, actually become a part of this group? He's young. You know, he's 13. And what about his friends? And what about the whole uh, neighborhood that he lives in in Baltimore? Um, So what I would say is, I think that it had a lot of good moments. It was too long and it was too long in this way. Uh, As far as the writing was concerned, there were moments that we just had too much of like the whole bike thing. We got it and they gave us too much. And then when there were certain shifts in the story, when it goes down a deeper road, the writing didn't support it. So I think it was a balance issue. However, I think it makes sense that it's going to HBO Max. It, uh, I, I liked a lot of it. I will have to say that. I did like a lot of it. Um, all of it, no. Uh, now, after this, uh, they, uh, they did have a talk with uh, Jahi and Will was there. And uh, one of the producers who is- Will Caleb, Smith was there? Will Smith was not. But Caleb oh, Pinkett oh. was- who uh, Will Catlett was there. But, oh, um, okay. I was going to be like, <laughs> my God, what? No. Caleb Pinkett, uh, who is Jada Pinkett Smith's brother and a producer here, was there. And he did talk about how Barry Jenkins came to be a part of this coming up with the story. Because when they adapted the documentary, the, the kid in the documentary, they were like, look, compelling kid, but this is not a story. How can we flesh it out? So Barry Jenkins helped uh... them to come up with a cinematic story. Uh, so that's how that happened. Got it, got it. That hundred percent makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also got to see, got to see a shot through the wall. Ooh, now I, I, it's 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 Zima, Taima, Taima. Okay, mm-hmm. I, it was one of the two. I couldn't remember. You corrected me last time. This comes to us from Amy Long. She wrote it and she directed it. Taima from the recent Mulan, uh, mm-hmm. live action Mulan. Uh, is in it uh, along with Clifton Davis, which I think did you find out that was not the yeah, person I, you were talking about? Originally. No, it was not. I said, I said, I'm probably wrong, and I was completely. You know what? I was thinking about Clifton Powell and not oh, Clifton Davis. I was like, he never plays that character, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't see everything like he did. Yeah, Clifton not, Davis not, yeah, is not, from Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Along with Kenny Lou and other beautiful, wonderful people. You know, Kath, uh, Catherine Curtin's in this. And I like her. I like to see her. Um, I've been seeing her. I don't know why, but I've been seeing her a lot lately. So I'm not sure yeah. if I'm just drawn to her or not. But you got a chance to see it. 
and I'm curious. Yeah. Well, it's about um, uh, a cop shooting. Uh, oh, killing. gosh, it's um, the second one. It is. Um, this is not based on a true story, though, from what I, I, I know. Um, and But this is what happened. So there are two cops. They see some, you know, black kids out on the street. They should be in school. They're not. They have their book bags. They go over. Now, one of the cops is white. The other is Chinese-American. Uh, and during this encounter, one of them, one of the kids runs away. They, of course, chase the kid into an apartment building. This leads to uh, the Chinese-American cop. When he pulls his gun out, it goes off by mistake, killing an innocent person in their apartment. Straight through oh. the Okay, you couldn't get any more relevant to... Okay, all right. Yeah, and and this is a, a young Black man. Um, so what's going to happen? So the, the whole thing is we do see it from the Chinese-American cop's perspective, but it's not a white cop. So what's that like? How is he treated? How will the victims be treated? What's going to happen with the legal system? How is he going to respond to that? All of that is in here. And I would say this, if you are someone who is like, you know what, I I don't want to see this from the cop's perspective. No, thank you. I would say that the way it's handled, they it's not that he is made to be a hero or correct or anything like that, or even a villain. It's much more open than that. So you if you're going to watch it, you you see it through his eyes. You also see the people who love him, who you know, they support him, but are they okay with it? Because he has a fiance, she's black. Okay, this is what's going on in this movie. Okay. uh, The other thing is, if you are someone who, you know, is from the other perspective where you're like, look, you know, we need to watch out with these cops. We need to make sure we support the good ones. They're not all bad, all of that. Even there, it'll be uncomfortable. So I think anybody who's watching this, it's going to like nudge you into places where you have to think a bit. You have to go a a bit further than what you might be comfortable with. That's the question. Now, the writing wasn't always as nuanced as I would need it to be to support that. But I think it was pretty good. Uh, The acting, the the actors that Amy casted were smart choices. They really did wonderful work. I mean, the father from The Wonder Years is in this. You got all kinds of people in this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Clifton Davis was wonderful. He was he was well casted. He plays uh, the police chief in Brooklyn where this is set. Um, and his daughter is the one who's engaged to the cop. Oh. So, hmm. We'll see if this is available at some point. This is the kind of movie, Ref, that at a film festival you go to see and go, okay, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> like, okay, this was some crazy thing. This was uh, someone who was thinking, and if we're going to do this, if we compare it to uh, the killing of uh, the, the previous movie we, we talked about, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, this wasn't as one note. Got it. All right. Now, we both got a chance to see the next movie, Farewell Amor, and uh, we'll get there. It's written and directed by Ekwa Nsenga, and it is... Coming to us from the macro, Charles King and his uh, company coming us from macro. Now, macro's killing it. Yeah. Just saying. Macro is killing it. They are really, to me, on the verge of being a solid plan B. 
And I don't mean mm-hmm. like plan B option. I mean, plan B, the production company or yeah. in, uh, whatever they are. I think they're a production company. Yeah. So, you know, just watch out for their Charles King, huge nod to you. This is starring some, what we would call in the States, you know, these are well-established actors, but I don't know them as well. But um, I am not even going to attempt. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie Lawson is coming to us. Um, Zanab Ja is also coming to us. And I'm tempting. I said I wasn't going to, but I'm going to do it and humiliate myself. (laughs) Nter Guma Mbaho Mwine. Or Winne. I don't know. So there you go. That's that's yeah. my slaughter. But also, just have to add Marcus Scribber, Scribner from uh, Blackish, who plays Junior, is in this. So there yeah. you go with that. And so is Joy Lee. So look, Farewell Amore, it is about a family, uh, a husband, wife, and their teenage daughter. The husband has come to New York City, has been living in New York City away from his wife and daughter for 17 years. That's a long time. And they um, escaped. But why? Yeah, because they were in Angola. After the war there, they got out. He had to leave. um, And his wife and daughter left as well. They they went. uh, I forgot the other African country. Tanzania. Tanzania. So that's where they had been. And the whole time he'd been trying to get them to be able to come over to the States, 17 years. So what happens after 17 years and they reunite finally in New York City. And in this movie, you see the perspective of each person. They each have a third of the movie. And what was the father doing for 17 years alone? What was mama doing? I'll tell you, she she has some fears that were grounded for her by religion. The daughter is kind of hemmed in because of the mother. The daughter has these dreams to be something. You'll see it when you watch it. Um, And you'll see what happens when she comes to the States. So what I would say is this was by far the best experience I had at Urban World watching a movie. I thought this was absolutely beautiful. The the care, the, this is what I'm talking about in writing. When they write what they would say, not what I need to know. You can show me what I need to know. We Look, 80% of communication is nonverbal. Don't mm-hmm. write it. Get out of the way. So, I mean, almost all of it. There was only one scene, I think, when I was like, ooh, we could cut that down. Outside of that, I thought it was wonderful. Marcus, you talked about great. Yeah. Great. Joy Lee always comes in and, and adds a bit of spice uh, yeah. as the her. neighbor. <laughs> we need more. We need more of her. She's just great. And, and, and they she brings that New York to it. And yeah. and the three, the three main characters, the three main actors just really did great work. I, I look, yeah. this will be available. It'll be released in December. If this is your kind of thing, I say definitely watch it. It was just to echo you and moving on, but I really enjoyed it tremendously. Um, the only issue that I have that I'm not going to go into great detail is if you've got a talent, you better bring that talent. That's all I'm saying. You can do something, do it. So anyway, 
it was a wonder. No, seriously, it was a great experience. Congrats to Macro and the team there. It's just, I'm really liking what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. To end the experience, they took it home with, you know, some heavy hitters. Come away from the door. No, just come away. Is uh, Was the closing offering that they had, and you got a chance to see it. This is coming to us from Brenda Chapman directing, but it was written by Marissa Kate Goodill. But you should recognize these two names. Hmm. J.M. Berry and Lewis Carroll. Hmm. Who are they? Hmm. They're the creators of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, oh, oh. What's going on there? Now this cat. And Peter Pan. Past. Great. And Peter Pan. Sorry. Alice Wonder and Peter Pan. That's the whole reason why we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> and this cast, Angelina Jolie. What? Google Mbatha What? Michael Caine? Huh? You know, David Oyelowo again. What? What are we doing? Clark Peters, who's showing up everywhere lately. Isn't he? <laughs> showing up. He is really showing up in this one. I'll tell you that. Oh, Lord have mercy. And then you've got children. So... You're going to tell us what's going on here with this. I hear it's a reimagining of what we just talked about, Peter. That, Pat. That's right. Um, and what it is, they, they, the, the screenwriter uh, had an idea that what if Peter and Alice were siblings? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is. Um, David Oyelowo and Angelina Jolie play their parents. And they have another brother. So, you know, it's David and Alice and their older brother. Um, oh. and, you know, they have all of these adventures, just like you would expect from a Peter Pan kind of thing. And and the best part of the movie is when we see them playing and what Brenda does is we see it from their perspective. So if they are throwing a spear, it looks like a spear. But then you also see that it's a stick. So when it was toggling that way, I found it magical. It really was. The whole thing was magical. However, this is a family drama. It is very serious. There are tragedies that occur here that they have to overcome. Um, and it, so it, it is kind of heavy. And the problem is, if you're going to do that, you can't shy away because it's family film. Because when you do, then it all seems like the same thing and it doesn't land. So that was my issue with it. I think when it was with the kids and their experience, it was at its best. The drama was fine. It just didn't land because it wasn't enough of a differentiation. Um, but there you go. I, you know, we'll see who picks this one up. Somebody's got to with this cast. I well, mean, this was at Sundance um, yeah. earlier. So I'm surprised with this cast. You're right. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. Streaming, it smells like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. That's it. That's all, folks, with Urban World Film Festival. I'm so glad and so honored to um, have gone over some of these movies with you, Critic, because it's extremely important for festivals like these to highlight the extension of Hollywood. Many, 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 many of us are... Um, kind of sometimes saying the same things. And there are other lovely, wonderful, intriguing, interesting, and moving 
content that exists outside of those finite lines. So thank you, Urban World Film Festival. You did it again. And we can't wait to cover you once again next year. Maybe in person. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you. See you.